You're listening to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Thursday morning. Now, let's turn to our first guest and topic of today. Now, we're looking at, looking back at World Contact Day, which was yesterday, where UFO and ET enthusiasts from all over the world question and also celebrate the possibility of life outside of the planet Earth. And to talk about this, I'm really delighted to be joined once again by Neil Gould, who is the director of ExoPolitics Institute in the U.S. and also the founder of ExoPolitics Hong Kong. Uh, welcome back on the program and thank you so much for joining us this morning, Neil. Thank you for inviting me. Pleasure yes. to be here. So um, before we talk about sort of maybe your experience, um, can you sort of explain the work of uh, ExoPolitics at Hong Kong? Yes, well, basically what we, we do, we try to um, um, educate people on the uh, reality, uh, the political, the social and political implications of uh, ET life engaging the planet. Um, exopolitics is basically a new tool which is used to further expand the knowledge and the understanding of extraterrestrial life and, and all the social and political implications. Yeah, and people often talk about sort of unexplained um, alien abductions, lights in the sky. Some people claim about missing time or yes. other phenomena sort of associated uh, with UFOs. What's your sort of personal experience in, in this area? Well, from childhood, I've uh, experienced missing time. I've experienced encounters, let's say, um, non-consenting encounters is a polite way of, of saying abductions, I guess. <laughs> yes. um, this is something that is experienced by many, many people. Some people confuse it with, uh, with ghosts, etc., uh, etc. Et and uh, many people are really um, quite shy or afraid or inhibited to actually bring this out and discuss it with their friends. But fortunately, um, since the Pentagon a few years ago has admitted they have admitted that they were funding a program called ATIP, the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, headed by a, um, an intelligence agent called Luis Elizondo. Um, they've admitted that uh, they don't want to go as far as to say, you know, that they, these, these things are extraterrestrial, but they're saying they're not from here, they're not man-made. And um, this has sort of blossomed, and all the UFO groups around the world are sort of gathering, gathering around and trying to follow exactly what uh, Louis has brought to the surface. And it's quite exciting because um, you'll see from now onwards, you see more and more in the press, more and more people talking about it. And it's becoming a more acceptable program because they're going to take away the stigma attached to uh, this little green men, which was part of a counterintelligence operation years ago. Yeah. Are there many people in Hong Kong, for example, that you know of have had these encounters? Well, yes, there's many people. I mean, I've, I've interacted with many people over the years, having given lectures here and brought uh, famous speakers out and what have you. And people slowly come behind the scenes and they come and talk to me and they mention their experiences, but they're too shy to uh, mention it to anybody else because they're afraid it might affect their job, it might affect their credibility. But this is, uh, this is a phenomenon. It's a worldwide phenomenon. It knows no boundaries between wealth. It knows no boundaries between how, in, how educated you are your profession. It is a phenomenon that has existed with us for thousands of years and will continue to do so. And it is something that uh, broadens and expands consciousness and evolution, conscious evolution. Yeah. I mean, for example, I mean, Steven Spielberg has made so many, you know, famous films about this filmmaker. Um, he's also recently raised concerns about sort of this 
secrecy or, or lack of transparency uh, from the US government, for example, when it comes to uh, UAP, unidentified aerial phenomena. Um, what's your feeling towards this? Is there a secrecy uh, or lack of transparency when, when it comes to these yeah. sort of um, unknown sightings? Because we often see, even in Hong Kong, um, it's an, and it gets reported in, in the newspaper, you know, people pointing to the sky and, and saying they've seen these sort of lights in, in the sky. But then it's just gets reported and then there's no follow-up. What's your feeling towards that? Well, this is it. You see, it, we always use the term UFO, unidentified flying object. It was sort of a, a way of an acronym for describing things in the sky that may be non-terrestrial. And ever since the Pentagon um, under its ATA program with Louis Elizondo wanted to bring this out into the public, they wanted to control the narrative. They didn't want the narrative to run away. So they changed the name from UFO to UAP, mm. Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. And that way, they could control. They could control the people. They could, uh, they could, they could make the, uh, lessen the impact on society. But more so, the Americans have been uh, involved with, uh, with um, UFOs for many, many years. And they don't really want it to come to light that these things fly around not using petrol, not using diesel, not using conventional methods of energy. And they don't want a multi-trillion dollar industry destroyed overnight and substituted. So this is why they sort of uh, had this counterintelligence program called Cointelpro, which was used to, um, to belittle scientists and belittle anybody who was going to bring um, the obvious uh, about extraterrestrial life into the public domain. So they've kept it secret. And that's why there's been a, a laughing stock and people have been made, you know, people and news media, etc., have, have always had a little grin, a little giggle after they talk about it. Yeah. So, so what's yeah. the proper term then when, when, if we sort of see these sort of sightings? Is it UFOs or is it UAP? What's a well, sort of a polite... Unidentified flying objects just means it's something that's not yeah. identified. You know, it could be anything. It could be it could be a balloon, um, <laughs> but it also could be a spacecraft. It could be some form of of, of alien craft. Um, unidentified aerial phenomena. Well, this is what they use now uh, just to sort of take that edge, that bad part of the apple that they've created by demonizing UFOs and ufology. So they use UAP, um, but it's the same thing at the end of the day. But uh, they, they can control the narrative. I mean, the, the, the Louis Elizondo from ATIP, um, this this uh, this group that was studying UFOs, um, they basically have said that these things are uh, probably from inner space, from outer space, and from the space in between. So it's a whole area of study that is very difficult to for us to in our 3D reality to understand what a UFO is or where it comes from, because we don't really understand, you know. The relationship is a different relationship with space-time uh, that we do. The physics are completely different. These things fly with no sound. They transmedium. They go into water, into air. Into water? Into water, underwater. They're called USOs when they're underwater, um, unidentified submerged objects. Uh, these things don't have bolts uh, tying them together. They're almost as though they're grown as one piece. They don't leave any contrails, vapor trails. They don't even leave, leave heat signatures on the radar. Yeah. And they move at like 60, 70, 80, 100,000 miles an hour, and they do a right-hand turn instantaneously. Uh, if anybody was inside one of those, they'd be crushed. So obviously they're neutralizing gravity inside the craft. So it's a very, very complex, complex subject. And it's something that's going to take a lot of time to educate people and to bring people into the fold. And in fact, the physics 
are completely beyond our understanding in most cases. Yeah, so as far as your understanding, Neil, is there anything, um, any organizations that are sort of responsible for, for tracking these objects in, in the sky or maybe underwater, uh, yes. as you say? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the militaries all around the world track these things. Mm. You know, every every major country in the world is, understands what these things are, but they keep the secret uh, between themselves. You know, they don't really want to destroy the multi-trillion dollar energy business. And uh, apart from all that, the, the USA is back engineering these things. They've, they've had some of these craft come into their possessions, allegedly shot them down. But of course, you've got the Roswell crash. So they're trying to understand and back engineer this technology. And whoever controls this technology will control the planet. Yeah. Well, this morning we're talking to Neil Gould, who's the chairman, uh, the founder of Exopolitics Hong Kong and also the director of Exopolitics Institute uh, in the U.S. Fine. And we're marking World Contact Day where uh, people around the world uh, question the possibility or perhaps celebrate um, life outside of Earth. Um, finally, you know, there are sort of uh, UFO enthusiasts from all over the world who want to make contact, to your knowledge, uh, are there successful ways to, to make contact with, with life outside of the, this planet? Or do they sort of, or do they sort of choose who they want to make contact with? Well, it's a, it's a two way thing. We obviously have these non consenting encounters where they contact us whether we like it or not. How do but they yeah. pick who do to, to contact? Well, from what we understand from the late um, Harvard professor of psychiatry, um, Dr. John Mack, uh, he reckons that this is possibly something that's genetic. It goes back through the genes and they're probably watching them. I mean, these, these, these beings perhaps live for thousands and thousands of years and possibly tracking or actually um, genetically engineering us into a, into a better, more viable species because we're not completely viable at the moment. So it goes back through generations and it's been seen to um, be this way. Um, you know, on the other hand, close encounters, you know, on the fifth kind, which is human initiated contact takes place. There are various protocols where groups get together and they meditate under certain protocols and they have contact experiences, reverted contact experiences as well. Yeah, you mentioned just now, you know, non-consenting uh, uh, encounters, which is sort of more polite, uh, more politely put. Uh, when when you had that as a child, how many uh, sort of uh, aliens did did you encounter, and do they sort of change over the years that, that you've seen them? Yeah, well, the when when I was young, they scared the hell out of me. I mean, why? Uh, I, I, yeah, I can imagine. Uh, what did they look like? Uh, they sort of look very scrawny, uh, with the robe and uh, really um, bald, um, the small face, probably about four foot two. A very scary situation. But after after a few years of this, they actually opened up my mind and uh, basically came to me in such a way that it was quite a beautiful experience in a blue light, etc. How old were you, Neil? Ah, those were going on from about six to nine years old. But oh. at the age of, in early 30s, um, there were different types of light beings that actually took me out of my body. And um, it was proven because I was able to watch my mother um, having a heart problem and I watched them fix her and I called her the next morning and explained everything that I saw and she was dumbfounded. D and then, did they speak sort of English or how did you communicate uh, with I, them? There was no talking as such. It all seemed to be um, understanding and mind-to-mind -mind understanding. You know, it's, it's not words. 
it just seems to be a whole like almost a different like wavelength. Season. Yeah, a different wavelength. If I gave you a name of a film, you'd immediately you'd immediately know what I was talking about in great depth. Yeah. It was the same kind of thing, you know. Wow. Right. I'm so pleased you, you took the time to, to share this with our listeners this morning. It, it is, uh, so we're marking World Contact Day, and we look back at it yesterday where, um, like we were saying, UFO and ET enthusiasts from all over the world uh, celebrate and also question this possibility of life outside the planet Earth. It's been that sort of lifelong question whether uh, we are truly alone, and I'm really delighted. Uh, Neil Gold, the director of the Exopolitics Institute uh, and also the founder of of Exopolitics Hong Kong joined us to share his experiences. And I look forward to chatting with you again next time. Thank you so much, Neil. Always a pleasure. Thank you.